back. Welcome to Real Lucha Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Miguel. We're here to bring to you a breakdown of our first ever AEW pay-per-view, AEW Revolution. But I say that as if like it's our first one we've ever watched. It's the first time we're actually breaking something. Yeah, definitely not the first one. We, the first one we ever watched was the very first pay-per-view they ever had. Even before it was, uh, they had the company of uh, AEW Wrestling. Yeah, it was really cool. Even technically <clears throat> not the AEW, but what started it all, which was All In, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Which I believe is a Ring of Honor kind of uh, property. But yeah, uh so let's let's start it off hot with a breakdown. What do you say? I say let's do this. Welcome to the AEW Revolution Breakdown. This is our first breakdown of a pay-per-view. Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone are on commentary. Let's start with the buy-in as we get women's tag action in Britt Baker and Rebel versus Thunder Rosa and Rio. Before the match begins, DMD says she needs another tag team partner since Reba is hurt and can't compete. Out comes Maki Ito from the AEW Women's Title Eliminator Tournament to her awesome entrance to tag with Adam Cole's girlfriend. A super kick to a, a crutch shot by Rebel takes it for the role model and the cutest ever. First match to officially begin the pay-per-view is Chris Jericho and MJF versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. The Inner Circle boys stand no match against the best tag team in the world as a super kick party and a melter driver to the demo god ends it. And still, your AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. Second match is the Tag Team Casino Battle Royal. The Natural Nightmares, Dark Orders 5 and 10, Santana and Ortiz, the Seidel Brothers, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, Gun Club, Pretty Picture, Varsity Blondes, Bear Country, The Hybrid 2, Jurassic Express, Private Party, SCU, Butcher and the Blade, and Death Triangle all put on one hell of a show, but it's the high-flying duel of Ray Phoenix and Pac that go over as the Mexican eliminates Jungle Boy for a shot at the AEW tag straps. For the third match, we see Ryo Mitsunami versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's Championship. Ryo's path to this title opportunity was long and well earned through the AEW Women's Title Eliminator Tournament. Both make their home country of Japan proud. The kendo stick wheeler lands her finisher the Tomashi, but it wasn't enough as she had to add a corkscrew knee shot to finally end it. And still, your AEW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida! Fourth match is Miro and Kip versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. This match was really all Miro's as the best man never stops his relentless punishment on his opponents and even throwing shade at his partners. It was an uphill battle from the start as the Kentucky Gentleman and the freshly squeezed got jumped even before the match. Bulgarian ends this game with a game over to sexy Chucky T for the tap out. Fifth match is Matt Hardy versus Adam Page in a big money match. You will think that with this match stipulation, big money Matt would have 
the upper hand, but him and Private Party could not stop the power of friendship as Hangman, backed up by the Dark Order, gets the victory with the Buckshot Lariat. For the sixth match, we have Max Caster versus Lance Archer versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta El Cerro Miedo versus Cody Rhodes versus a surprise entrant in the face of the Revolution ladder match. The mystery opponent turns out to be Ethan Page making his AEW debut. Scorpio Sky is able to grab the literal brass ring to win the match and become the number one contender for the TNT Championship. Seventh match is Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus Darby Allin and Sting in a street fight. Shoutouts to Matt Hardy as we have a final deletion style match. Wonderful! Taz joins in on commentary to add some bias to the battle. This match had everything. Awesome entrances, matching, face paint, druids, bats, tables, team cast interferences, glass, and a big spot. The TNT champ takes out himself and the Swolverine from the bout with a second story elbow drop. It's This leads to the icon taking out Absolute with a Scorpion Death Drop for the win. Oh my gosh! Oh, he's about to give him the Scorpion Death Drop! Oh! Ah, yeah! Oh! Oh, because of Sting! Oh my god! Ah! Oh my god! Ah, I cannot believe this! And now for the 8th match and main event of the pay-per-view is Jon Moxley versus Kenny Omega in an exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. The match starts with both guys trying to push each other into the barbed wire ropes to trigger the explosions. We get a strike battle. Mox clotheslines Kenny to the outside through the non-barbed wire ropes. He then gets off some barbed wire bat shots to the champ and uses the bat for a Russian leg sweep on the stage. Mox isn't a stranger to foreign objects as he uses a candlestick for more strikes. The best bout machine finally gets momentum shift with some powder to John's eyes. It's Mox who eats the first explosion from the barbed wire. Kenny follows up with a single knee lift drop onto the trash can, a Kutaro crusher onto the trash can, and a figure four leg lock. Mox rubs barbed, a barbed wire chair onto Kenny's face to let go of the hold. Still, Omega throws him through the barbed wire table in the corner and follows up with a second rope moonsault and kendo stick strikes. Another figure four leg lock is countered by Mox with a kick to the ropes to trigger another explosion and get a drop kick into the ropes for another explosion. Mox gets off a shoulder capture suplex and, and another into the other barbed wire table in the corner. Mox continues punishment with a German suplex and a side slam on a barbed wire chair. Kenny comes back with two snapdragons and a V trigger. Mox, though, gets creative and wraps barbed wire around his arm for a clothesline to the pride of Winnipeg. Mox goes for his finisher, but Kenny pushes him into the ropes for an explosion, taking out both guys. Top spot alert, as Mox finally gets his paradigm shift off, but this one is off the apron onto an exploding barbed wire pad on the outside. Oh, wow! 
Warning sound goes off signifying the contestants don't have much longer before the entire ring explodes. Mox lands a pile driver. Kenny answers with a power bomb and a high stack pin. From there, the two V triggers and a one wing angel seems to be the end for the challenger as no one ever kicks out of Omega's finisher, but a kick to the rope triggers explosion, forcing Kenny off the cover. Just then, the good brothers show up to help Kenny. Mox hits both with a barbed wire bat. It's enough distraction for the big LG to hand Kenny an exploding barbed wire bat and hits Mox straight on the head. Bam! Blood everywhere! It's all over as the cleaner lands a one-winged angel on a chair for the one, two, three. Your winner and still AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. Yeah, so that that was a lot to take in for a breakdown, more than typical, because it was a lot of, I mean, because all the matches were top quality, in my opinion. But I do want to start off by talking about the first match. It was that women's tag team with, it was originally supposed to be Britt Baker and Reba, not Rebel, or vice versa, whatever you want to call that, that lady, versus Under Rosa and Riho. However, uh, Reba was apparently quote-unquote injured too injured to compete so um who filled in other none other than maki ito who was uh one of the earlier contestants in the women's um tournament for the ja uh, japanese bracket for the number one contendership for the AEW women's championship and i gotta say i <laughs> i was actually looking pretty forward to this match because i'm a big fan of thunder rosa and Riho, I mean, I'm not like a big fanboy, but I do, I definitely respect and admire her talent. And Britt Baker, I just think is hilarious. So, like, you know, whenever she's in the ring or she has a spot, I'm always excited to see it. And then Maki Ito was a nice uh, surprise and um, uh, per, uh, like entry, like insertion into into that match. It really was. I got really hyped when she came out, Maki Ito. Yeah, no, she was, and she was the, uh, apparently she was that her gimmick is a Japanese pop star, right? Yes. Yeah, Japanese pop star, and but however, I guess her get one of her taunts is the middle finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really funny. She was just flipping everyone off. Yeah, no, and guys, guys, for those of you that are not familiar with Makito, do not get a, do not get me wrong. It is by no means similar to a Stone Cold your middle finger, where he has both arms up high in the air, flipping off his middle finger. He just like usually does it with one arm, like, and she like tilts to the side a bit she does it just you know looks like in a very flamboyant kind of way flamboyant or feminine type of way uh i mean it's very it's a little it's a little adorable the way she does it it's uh it's funny um but yeah i, I was a little me personally i don't know about you larry but i was personally a little surprised that she was tagging with Britt baker because i didn't i was not aware she was a heel yeah i mean to be honest i'm not sure if she really is i think so when we first saw her, Miguel and I, we saw her from the first, and, and as an AEW audience in general, was uh, her appearance in the AEW uh, Women's Championship Tournament Eliminator, right? And uh, she was in the first leg of the uh, Japanese side. 
correct? Yes, correct, absolutely. So that's where uh, we first saw her. This is technically her, our second time seeing her, right? Yeah. And it was it, she made a big impression on us. I, the, in fact, the whole uh, Japanese uh, leg of the tournament was really cool to watch, and it was really cool to see, uh, you know. These uh, Japanese wrestlers, right? These female wrestlers just uh, doing so uh, so great and really uh, showing a lot of emotion and uh, a lot of character stuff, right? It's really cool. So I like, kind of like flipping the bird, showing off her dance moves. Man, her entrance is so freaking long. She's, <laughs> she's dancing. She's singing. Uh, I, <laughs> I kind of want to say it's like what, the longest entrance of the night. Of the of the night it was yes I would say <laughs> so I'll say uh, so it was very funny very interesting and yeah I don't I'm not sure if she's healed per se I just think that uh, I think it was easy to make her so even just for the night who knows if she continues that way yeah I mean the thing about her is that well let's talk about the actual match so the match uh, I did like how for at least the look like for in the first half of the match it looked like. Because, uh, you know, as we already know, coming into this match, the tag team match, it was uh, Britt Baker's and a feud of Thunder Rosa. And, however, the first half of this match, you see they kind of, they don't start off fighting each other. They just fight the other people that they're not necessarily feuding with. So, uh, Britt Baker starts it off with Riho, and they just square off. And then uh, uh, Riho just keeps, like, dodging her attacks, at, you know, beginning as you would expect. And then when um, Makito comes in, uh, Thunder Rosa... Uh, comes in tune and they start squaring off because I thought like right off the bat me personally I thought that uh, Thunder Rosa is gonna try to whip Baker's ass like you know immediately because you know, uh, the weeks leading up to it she's like you know she keeps implying that oh I can't wait to like, get my hands on you or whatever but whatever you know these crazy um, athletes have you know say when they have beef with <laughs> their opponent um but what I like about for what Thunder Rosa did, this wasn't my spot of the night or taunt, but she uh, copied Makito's taunt, and then she, as she had her in the headlock, she flips off Britt Baker, who's on the apron. We got a lot of birds, man. We got a lot of middle fingers in the beginning of this whole pay-per-view in general, no? As yeah. we're going to see in the, ma- the match that kicks off the, the main show. So, yeah, uh, something that stood out to me uh, was uh, the Kokeshi, which is this headbutt that <laughs> uh, Maki Ito, uh implies in her in her offense. Oh, it's like a, a dropping headbutt she does? Yeah. Where or, she's like, it looks like a, she puts herself in a pencil stance. It, <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. And, and she even uh, used uh, her headbutt to um, block a, 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 a punch, I yeah, believe. Yeah, she did. <laughs> so... I thought that was really cool. I thought it was really funny. It's kind, of like, kind of like a video game move almost. Exactly. <laughs> like, remember No Mercy when you would block strikes with your chest? Yeah. Just like your chest sticking out? <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, how did, like, it was interesting the way this match ended. Uh, Viva, of course, interfering. No surprise there. Uh, remember, she smacked. She nailed Thunder Rosa with her crutch. Which, by the way, she looked like she was moving kind of quickly for a lady who was, had a sprained ankle or swollen knee or whatever i didn't even know what the hell she had whatever right. it was but <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um but yeah uh after after the match uh, we get uh uh <laughs> brit baker and maki Ito flipping off uh the world basically. yes 
<laughs> so do like, you want to jump into the main show? Yeah. Yeah, All right. no, that, that was it. Uh, so uh, we have our first match is the Inner Circle versus the Young Bucks, right? Yes. And man, yeah, that was just packed with action, yeah, right? This we is got, a very personal bout for the Bucks. We got a lot of, uh, you know, classic uh, Young Bucks moves like i said we got a lot of flipping the birds in the first in the first match in the buy-in mm-hmm. but uh we got a lot of flipping off from mjf jericho nick jackson dude like everyone's flipping everyone off what's going on here <laughs> uh apparently they're all uh most of these guys have t- taken their matches really personally well sp- i mean young bucks are actually so i mean f- uh, if you guys missed uh the previous two dynamites before <clears throat> revolution Chris Jericho and MJF beat the crap out of their dad, Papa Buck. Yes, that was a big, uh, big uh, story storyline, right? In in its in itself, no, which is pretty predictable. Remember, I told you as soon as uh, Papa Buck pushed uh, Chris Jericho, yeah. Like, yeah, Papa Buck's gonna get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be involved in the in the storyline now. You don't just do that and like you know walk away from it. Walk cla- to live. Cla- that's a cla- not even wrestling. It's just a classic, you know, storyline thing, right? You don't just add something and just not. Um, continue with that, you know, with that plot. Yeah, but I just love just how packed this match was, like you said. Um, this was, uh, I want to say this was probably one of, if not the most quality match of the night. And by that, I mean with the most moves. Uh, I mean, there was Tope Conilos, Tope Suicidas all over the place by the Bucks mainly, uh, well, entirely by the Bucks. Um, they, they do elevated swanton bombs. Like I know this was they did it at least twice. I remember. I, um, I, I even he even does. There's moon assaults from inside to outside the ring. Like it's just it was crazy. Uh, classic bucks, like you say. That's they were just doing this throughout the whole match, which I love because it's kind of like I felt like I was watching an indie show, a straight up indie show where like they're able to like just, um, do do their moves freely and not without worry about worrying about how that might negatively impact the match which it did not this did not them doing that did not negatively impact the match at all uh and jericho and mjf of course they just keep he's sick with the heel tactics thumb to the eye at one <laughs> point i remember mjf did to nick <laughs> and then of course the taunt when uh mjf uh and jericho like do the the young it? bucks taunt yeah the young the bucks taunt. flexing yeah yeah i remember at one point mjf even did it like what after he uh, just did like a normal suplex to I believe it was Nick, and then of course you see Matt, you know, in the apron like looking on, obviously not happy. Then like he does the the Young Bucks talk. <laughs> yeah, dude. When I see Young Bucks matches, screams indie in the best of ways. You know, Young Bucks have been considered the best tag team in the world for by a lot of people for a while, right? Depends depend on who you ask. And now that they have for you know a couple of years now. They have such a, a big following. You you can kind of see that, right? Whereas in if you're really just watching the Fed or whatnot, it's you know someone tells you, oh, this team that you never heard of is the best tag team in the world. You're gonna be like, that's kind of sus, no? No, it was, yeah. And I gotta be honest, guys. Uh, the most, and don't get me wrong, Jericho. You know, I mean, Jericho, yeah, big big time vet. Been in the business for nearly, oh, probably yeah, about thirty years. MJF has a lot of talent, promising young superstar still has not reached his prime yet. Uh, but I gotta say, the Young Bucks just, they were top-notch in this match. I mean, most of, 
almost everything of what I know, um, uh, based on like the arsenal that they ex- uh, that they demonstrated, was from the Young Bucks. I mean, the very few stuff I remember Jericho and MGF doing was like some of the taunts and like the ribs they were jabbing out at the Young Bucks. Rather, and the mo- in terms of wrestling moves, I remember all, my entire memory of that night is almost like entirely the Young Bucks for that match. And you know that's uh, a, a credit to the Bucks to uh, show off what they can do, but it's also a credit to Jericho and MJF for um, being those traditional heels that really make the baby faces shine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yes, that's true. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, they, they are vets themselves, two bucks. But yeah, they still are baby. They always will be baby faces. I can't. I don't really know s- about that. Remember, they were thinking about turning heel like not too long ago. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, because the uh, their involvement with Kenny and then the whole the fiasco, the good brother. Yeah, that's- it's hard for the Bucks to not be over because they are probably the main reason why we have AEW. Yeah, you can say uh, Tony Khan and whatnot, but they're really building it off the backs of, of the Bucks, right? Yeah, of them and what, of, of the elite, right? What the company's name after, what they've been doing for uh, a while now in that they're able to generate buzz uh, between themselves and uh, give some uh, love to, to, their, to their friends in the biz, right? Like SCU and whatnot, giving everyone a platform with BTE, Right in uh, showing off uh, what they can do with uh, their character, with catchphrases, with and and a lot, lots of lots of merch sales come off of that. So uh, I think a lot of people have uh, a lot to thank the Bucks for. And yeah, uh, <laughs> when you say that, like, yeah, you're so right. When it comes to the offense in in this bout, it's really all about the Bucks and. <clears throat> Nothing screams like, you know, high octane uh, offense, right? Like Nick Jackson doing, uh, you know, uh, basically a jump in the ring X Factor onto MJF, uh, quickly transitioning to an apron moonsault onto Jericho, and then uh, going back into the ring to attack uh, uh, MJF. You know, like that's just classic, classic Nick Jackson. Yeah, they're very, uh, I, I kind of, I feel like personally, may, or maybe I just haven't been hearing, you know, myself. Maybe, uh, I feel that they don't get enough credit for their stamina, the Bucks, because I feel like they have an incredible amount. As ma- as big as P, as much stamina as you know, physical nuts like Cesaro or Seth Roll- or you know Seth Rollins, even more. That's some high praise right there. I really that's some high. Praise I never see them get tired. I never see you like them. I never see the Bucks get tired. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think uh, MJF was so hilarious when. Uh, Matt and Nick were unleashing the super kick party onto him. Yeah. And he was, it was so many uh, super kicks that he takes that that cell of just him like <clears throat> becoming a drool machine in the, in, yeah. the, in the middle of the ring. That was hilarious. Um, yeah. And I can't wait to uh, see uh, what's next. You know, obviously the Bucks take it with a melter driver. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to the second match. That, that, oh my God. This is Tag just, Team Casino Battle Royale. Yeah. This is the one that we really break down in the. <laughs> in uh the breakdown right? yeah our gimmick and so um yeah just real quick uh what did you think about you know particularly our winners you know and uh what are you looking forward to i, I am shocked and to be honest that uh Pac and ray phoenix uh are the ones to come out on top in this one they're not a traditional tag team yeah and uh i love them they are amazing talent definitely probably the biggest talent that's uh, underused, I would think, 
in the company. And it, that's the main reason why I just didn't think they were going to go over, which is because they are not a traditional tag team. You know, you think of the Lucha Bros over Ray Phoenix and Pac, but Penta yeah, was busy yeah. in his own matches. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm more shocked that uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix tagged rather than Penta and Ray. I'm a little. Le- I mean, I still am surprised, but I'm a little less shocked that they won, because, uh, like you said, they're great talents. I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy they won. First of all, I really, agree. Yes, yeah, I hope they win the titles, uh, because I think they deserve it. Because let, let's be real, like the I love the Young Bucks, but they're they're gonna pro- likely be champions multiple times in AEW. They're gonna you have know, more opportunities. You know what? Than but guys, uh, I think my mentality is I really do want to try to keep it the tag belts to traditional tag teams right yeah uh that's the only reason why i would be hesitant to uh, really just uh go all in for ray phoenix and Pac uh, mm-hmm. taking the belts next because yeah. like you said the that the real tag team within death triangle uh-huh. right the yeah. stable yeah. of yeah. phoenix Pac, and penta mm-hmm. is the lucha bros themselves the yeah. actual yeah, was... irl brothers right <laughs> phoenix and penta uh, oh yeah one other uh, point i wanted to sh- uh, highlight in this match was uh, QT's in a, um, beef with uh, Dustin. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, a huge point to take out. Uh, is he completely, turning, is he completely turning su- caught me by surprise. Yeah. The Nazis coming at all. Yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, Natural Nightmares, they're a tag team now, right? They, they've they been for a while now, and we want to see what they were going to do, but... Yeah, and what did is QT this the do? end? Right, this is kind of seem like it's the end of them. Of the, of the Goldust was just questioning him. He's like, "Hey, like after you eliminated the Gun Club, which is apparently you know Nightmare Family buddies, and then what did QT do right after? He jumps over the top himself. rope. Yeah, he eliminated himself and spat at the natural Dustin Rhodes. Yes, so completely handicapping their team to win it. And uh, yeah, uh, but hey, uh, I, I'm I'm in it, man. I don't think uh, QT was a extremely important person into the Nightmare Family. If he wants to do something else, storyline wise, pretty cool. Definitely, let's let's check that out. Next match, though, the women's championship match. Yes, so we got uh, Rio Mitsunami versus uh, Hikaru Shida. And uh, dude, I just love those uh, machine gun yes. chops. Yeah, by Ko- Rio, yes, Kojima style, right? Uh, uh, just another. Uh, person right we we were talking about the <coughs> eliminator and how yeah uh, the tournament overall made a big impression on us maybe uh, you know we were talking to you know our cuz and he brought up a good point that uh it's it wasn't it wasn't a slam dunk or anything because of just how many of the matches weren't televised right i think if to get this women's division over more it would have been nice to see uh some of these matches on tv right on dynamite more so than uh, on youtube and whatnot but yeah uh nevertheless uh mitsunami is the winner of the, is the winner of the tournament and she uh has some uh pretty cool uh character taunts and whatnot yeah no, she's she's hilarious and in a good way not like in a mocking kind of way <laughs> yes exactly on purpose <laughs> uh, but that was yo that must have like what that um that spot when ashita does a pile driver does a driver to rio on the ramp on, on like that podium like right before the ring yes yeah, yes oh, yes man that, that looked like it it was like killer yeah definitely and uh shout outs to uh her basically her signature taunt where she does like a kind of like a pantomime uh, rope pull yeah right? oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's so cool i love that it takes so freaking long 
and it usually ends in her getting punished. <laughs> yeah, she always gets punished for it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Easily takes 20 to 30 seconds, at least. Easily. That that whole taunt. Yeah, and um, she's doing like this like uh, kind of like shake dance when uh, she had uh, Sheeta in the corner. Yes. And then Sheeta like, you know, reversed, reversed it. And it, tried to do it herself. Tried to do it her own, and then she reversed yeah. And then uh, Matsunami reversed that herself. Uh, very funny. Uh, uh, Mitsunami's all about the leg drops, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Classic leg drops. The way she does it, like the stance, it kind of it, it, it reminds you a little bit of the way Hulk Hogan does it. Yeah. I think it was uh, really surprising that um, Mitsunami was able to kick out of Shida's uh, Tomashi, right? Which is her finisher, uh, really uh, a shining wizard. And because uh, no one uh, ever really kicks out of that, right? So no. uh, she had to go with a different finisher somewhat. It was like this corkscrew knee shot yes. that finished it off. So a uh, very interesting and even more so interesting uh, post-match. Uh, Britt Baker, of course, has to get involved. And Maki Ito make a run-in <laughs> to attack both the, the peop- both uh, the um, contestants, right? Yep. And uh, Thunder Rosa has to come out for to make the save. Yeah. It's funny because I could I I feel like they both might be there for the same reason, Britt Baker and Makito. Like not just the fact that they tag, but also they both probably feel that they should have won the tournament. Maybe I feel like Makito is gonna be face. Like I think if she's gonna even be healed, they're she... gonna be very short. Oh, okay. It's gonna oh, be like okay, a very okay. short heel thing. Very short run. Yeah. And so the next match is Miro and Kip and uh, Chuck Taylor uh, and Orange Cassidy, right? Yes. Yes. And yeah, so it was pretty interesting that pre-match uh, they were got a te- orange and uh, yeah. Chuck got attacked by the best man and his boy. Chuck. Yeah, as Marvez Kip. was just trying to get an interview, and we get a run in, and then as we see in dark, uh, <laughs> Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy get a run in by uh, Kip and Miro again. So this is the yeah. second <laughs> appearance in a row where they just. Do a run in and just beat them, beat the crap out of them. And this is even before their you know pay per view match is gonna start. Miro goes over in this one. What do you think about that? Uh, I didn't have necessarily a problem with it because I actually think he's a uh, a pretty good heel, an effective heel in AEW. Uh, he's also pretty. He's entertaining. He's not as he's not as stale as when he was a heel with the Fed. Definitely not by not by long shot. Uh, I don't mind them being put over because I know, like, I mean, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy, I mean, they're great, but the main tag team is Chuck Taylor and his boy Trent, who's unfortunately injured, want to come back ASAP. And, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, since Miro got to AEW, uh, which is like half a year ago or even more? Uh, I believe so. So it was probably around those, um, uh, those Fed cuts. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those COVID cuts. Oh, right, right. You're right. Yeah, so probably like beginning of last fall when he uh, made his eight, sometime around that era when time period when he made his AEW debut. Yeah. Uh, he's been getting uh, so you know slowly pushed more and more. I, I feel. I think he's gonna be a contender for uh, the TNT title eventually. Oh, that's a good point. I was thinking, yeah, he he himself talks about going for the <clears throat> the, the big belt, right? The AEW championship. But I think a TNT title definitely would be uh, no. Uh, it's definitely not a second place trophy. That, in my opinion, that title uh, for the past since it's been introduced has 
probably be probably been the most important title really uh it's the one that we get to see the most and uh we get to see there's a lot of uh um really cool action that we get to see from it yeah right no, especially uh, yeah, when like, cody started that uh uh you know that uh, tournament that uh open invitation right i love the u.s intercontinental titles and the fed yes Shout so yeah, yeah i want to get back to, so yeah i believe to finish uh, the thoughts on that match i think uh the big point is rusev basically was definitely the one that should have gone over right if yeah. not him it would it should have been orange yeah and uh, I could de- I could so see, but Rusev definitely <clears throat> needed it more. Orange has been built up pretty well. Yeah, uh, Rusev needed it the most, and you can see that they're uh, probably pushing towards maybe splitting up Rusev and, and uh, Kip and the Kip and Penelope. I, I could definitely see that, that they've been planning they've been planning that at least within this match, right? Yeah, with uh, even before Mi- then, Miro. Yeah. yeah, but even more blatantly so with uh, him trying to. Uh, pushing Kip, not worrying about hitting oh, Penelope, yeah, and yeah. really showing that he doesn't really care about Kip at all within that match. So um, yeah, there's some storyline rights. Real quick, uh, I want to talk about uh, promo. Dasha was with Paul White backstage, and uh, she was asking for a scoop, but the only scoop that Paul White would give us is no one can outwork this person that's coming out. And uh, the promo that comes off of uh, this match that we just finished talking about, right? Yes. Was uh, backstage with uh, Alex Marvez and talking to the inner circle. And Chris Jericho says that they will have a war, war console on the next Dynamite. We're very excited. Technically, it's tonight from uh, our... Yeah, for uh, us. From when we're recording this. So we're really excited to see what's going on there. We have our own theories, but we don't, uh, we don't even want to speculate right now. We just want to you know, have fun and, and see what it, what it is and talk about it later. See if we were right or wrong. Um... How about the big money match? Yeah. So, Matt Hardy uh, and Hangman. The big money match. To be honest, I kind of wanted it to be a little bit more gimmicky. Like, actually add money into it. Like, that would have been nice throw, to see. like, stacks of cash. You know, just <laughs> some silly stuff. Uh, I use it as weapons. I told, so, <laughs> Hangman goes over. And I told Miguel, I was like, is there any reason why Matt should should win? I pers- I'm like, I feel like the only person in the world that would want Matt to win because I'm such a huge heart... I'm such a huge hardy mark. Yeah. But I was like, okay, so Hangman is the rising star. Matt is the vet. He doesn't really need to win at all. Uh, Hangman, I guess, could uh, eat a loss. But unless it's storyline, for some storyline purpose, uh, Hangman should go over. And Mm -hmm. we were just trying to think of, like, what are the consequences of Hangman loses? Like, he doesn't have anything to do with money. He doesn't no. talk about money. There's nothing about money. He wouldn't have anything uh, to buy his precious booze with. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing about money that... Yeah, that, see, that's a, that's actually a really good point. That's really the only thing he'd you be just came on top of that. Yeah, but Matt, like, as you can see, he's hiring people, right? He's hiring uh, yeah, he's the hybrid Yeah, he's spending money too. left and right. Yeah, he's spending money. Even in BT, he's spending money. So he has more to lose from yes. losing money. Easily spending at storyline kfab wise easily spending tens of thousands a week yeah for <laughs> you know for no good reason so it would make more sense for him to lose because he has more to lose right yeah absolutely. that's his, char- yeah. his character is is big money matt right uh but yeah it was cool that uh dark order comes in makes a save uh for hangman and uh, hangman was able to uh, take the win and give like a good old group hug yeah. to uh, Dark Order. Yeah, oh, man, they love we, him. They yeah, love they him do. So much. They love him so much. <laughs> it is, it's so awesome to see 
I want to see, you know, okay, is Hangman going to join? Is it, is it, is he not going to join? We're still trying to figure that out. Uh, but yeah, that's, but even if that's he doesn't, even if he doesn't, uh, um, Dark Order seem okay with it. Like yeah. they just want to be them to be like, you know, like get, you know, be friends. That's it. Yeah, I'm a little worried that if he joined, like he would lose his his cool music. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> in, like in his, in his for intro. example, like Cole Cabana. <laughs> I don't want to lose that cowboy shit, man. You know his his um his music is actually pretty fire. And oh, I want to talk about that ladder match, that six man ladder match. Although I gotta be honest, uh, this the debut of this Ethan Page dude. Well, I don't really know who he is, so I could honestly care less that he was there. Yeah, so there's um two big uh, surprise debuts, and this is one of them, right? Uh, the person who's gonna be in the sixth person in the face the revolution ladder match, and yeah, uh, I don't know who Ethan Page is, and I told. I told Miguel that I told our, my both my cousins if it's really hard to make a first impression <laughs> in a ladder match in like a multi-man ladder match unless you're a high flyer yeah right unless yeah. you're unless you're ricochet right unless you're a osprey <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be really hard for you to stand out in this big uh, ladder match so um, I think it's really nothing against uh, Ethan Page at all it's more so that we personally don't know him so there, there wasn't much hype. Uh, for him to be the secret uh, entrance, right? I was definitely kind of losing my mind for the last few uh, big uh, pay-per-view debuts when it came to uh, Brian Cage, for example, and Matt Seidel. I was uh, marking out uh, crazy because I I have a history with them. I know who they are. I've seen a lot of... uh, the man known as Cage or the machine yeah, known as Cage, yeah. right? In Lucha Underground and Matt Seidel from uh, WWE, and of course uh, his run in uh, New Japan uh, with Ricochet and Skycrank, right? So, yeah, uh, nothing against the guy. Uh, I think real quick, you know, if, if I'm being honest, the ladder match uh, was probably a little bit of a letdown compared to what <laughs> I thought in my head could happen. Uh, Scorpio Sky though grabs that yeah. brass ring. The fact that it was a brass ring yeah. that they had to, <laughs> that was they had funny. to get, you know, a little, a little dig at the Fed right there, and yeah. that's really cool. We uh, we always uh, we always like seeing that. I know a lot of fans are kind of tired of them making references to WWE, but um, yeah, I just think it's funny. I think it's funny when they do it and they don't just linger on it so much. I think that would be a, the bigger problem if they just you know continuously like with, within a, a segment just continue continuously talk about it or whatnot. Um, so uh, Scorpio Sky goes over. Miguel, thoughts on that? Uh, Scorpio Scorpio Sky is cool. Um, I, I just I was never I was never crazy about him. I know he's getting put over a lot lately, so that I do recognize. And I mean, it would be cool to. See. I, I mean, I'm glad he won. I'm happy for him that he won. Uh, I don't. Yeah, it was pretty I don't cool. Want, I don't want him to be Darby Allen for the title because I like Darby Allen a lot more. It was definitely a nice image seeing uh, him facing off against Cody, right? The EVP, like the guy who's always going over, right? Yes. Uh, like just shoving, you know, talking some trash and shoving the guy off the, the top of the ladder before he himself grabs it, right? Kind of saying, like, saying like you have enough opportunities. It's yeah. finally time for me to get my opportunity yeah. at the TNT title, right? Or at anything, really. And TNT yeah, title is yeah. definitely a big prize. Uh, yeah, so oh, dude, like following that is the is oh, the announcement that. of uh, you know the ne- the last uh, big uh, surprise debut in AEW, and it's Christian Cage. Uh, Christian, you know, at last you're on your own, 
Uh, thanks for coming to AEW. I think it's pretty big to get like these, you know, former Fed guys, right? Paul, Paul White and and Jericho and now Christian in the fact that uh, these guys have so much experience. And when you talk about the these main event guys and the guys that are being pushed that aren't former fed guys right the guys that aren't moxley and aren't miro and stuff like that they don't have a ton of weekly television uh, experience so these guys these vets can help them out tremendously with stuff like that right especially guys like i'm glad uh, you like uh like lucha bros especially guys like lucha bros right where you add on top of that maybe some like uh some language barrier stuff no yeah i love that you point you point out those all those factions now uh, yeah, I think that will be the best asset they will bring to AW because I gotta be honest. When I when I saw it was Christian, I'm like, yeah, he's awesome. I grew up watching him, but I'm like, snooze <laughs> because I thought it was gonna be something cool like Osprey or Okada or someone like that. Oh no, see, they hyped it too much for me. That, that's what that, it was. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a thing that you can contest for in as a whole in uh, this. Uh, pay-per-view right some there's a lot of hype going in between these two uh, debuts that we got ended up being a uh, page and and cage yeah <laughs> and uh the what the what the exploding barbed wire match was really going to be uh so um yeah i i can see that but yeah i say don't don't sleep don't sleep on uh christian cage man we'll, we'll let's see what he's he's got to bring as and uh same thing goes to ethan page let's see what they can bring yeah, you're right. And I mean, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Ricky Starks when he made his debut, and or Eddie Kingston. And now <laughs> I'm like, wow, these guys contribute. These guys are uh, on the show weekly, and they have something to offer for sure. And there yeah. were not any guys that I were, I was uh, excited about at all. Okay. Yeah. No. Good point. But and I want now I want to get into that uh, the match, the tag team match between Ricky Stark with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage against Darby Allen and Sting. Dude, I did not. I had no idea this was gonna be a pre-taped like video. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Cinematic match. I had no idea. You know, uh, I think we can get a lot of cre- give a lot of credit to uh, the Hardys. You know, Matt Hardy for uh, showing like at least this huge audience what uh, you can do with a final deletion, right, or the ultimate deletion, whatever you want to call all of his uh, pre-taped matches, and then uh, that was taken to uh even wrestlemania where you get the firefly funhouse match and the boneyard match with those two very successful probably the biggest parts of last year's wrestlemania and that's something huge when it comes to uh the you know in this COVID times yeah so uh for the fact that this was a video match uh, i have to say it was the perfect it was the perfect choice because, you know, we're dealing with an older guy and Sting, right? The guy's a vet. The guy's been doing this for a long time. Uh, he can't go the way, um, you know, some of these younger guys can, right? No, and can't. it just, oh, man. Darby Allen, you know, former, uh, went to school for, you know, like video and like uh, videography and whatnot, right? And uh, for... So it was really cool to see like all of all of this stuff uh, come come together, right? It, uh, um, Team Taz coming in that uh, green uh, sports car was yeah. really cool, and uh, 
Darby Allen coming in his skateboard yep. while Sting comes in a, a truck. That kind of yep. reminded me of like WCW versus NWO, uh, No Mercy, where like someone like like Hogan or like Big Show and people would be driving like these like giant trucks. And yeah, stuff I remember like that. that. So, of course, very fitting. Sting, right? Another WCW like big time guy or original guy yep. is the one driving it, and uh, they get like their own druids. <laughs> <laughs> right, like their own henchmen, uh, Sting, and, Sting and Darby. Yeah. It was really cool because around the ring for like the first five minutes. Because it gives a, it gives a big menacing guy like Brian Cage even more to work with, right? You can yeah. just beat these guys up for fun, which was he basically was yeah. doing. And <laughs> dude, uh, just uh, man, some of these big spots. Like uh, I think the the uh, off the bat where Darby Allen uh, climbs up because the ring was up against the wall, so. Yeah. Uh, Darby in like a warehouse so Sting yep. climbed up like Spider-Man and did like a flip off of it he got punished for it by Cage but just that you, you mean Darby right yeah yeah what did I say Sting yeah, yeah. No, Darby yeah Darby <laughs> uh, climb yeah it was just really cool to see Darby uh, climb up uh, the wall which was close to the, the yeah. ring remind me of uh, Mario 64 and right wall like jumps, wall jumps. <laughs> so um but you know him getting punished anyways. It's just a cool setting in general. And then you see uh, a st- uh, at one point Hobbs and a uh, Hook come, come in, in, come rushing in, <laughs> and beat the crap out of, of course, Sting and help beat the crap out of Sting and Darby. But Sting, all all he needs is his Batman, right? His oh, sign- the equalizer, his, his signature weapon to uh, make a four on two, just a basically a two on one, right? Eliminating everyone else. <laughs> And uh, just, oh, man, that spot of them throwing, like, uh, the big guys, right? Powerhouse and Cage throwing Darby, Darby into that window way, door. The way they, they just, he was, like, <laughs> slinging around for that. He, because they're such big guys, he's slim, he's small. Like, look, you know, between the two of them, it's pretty damn easy to carry, swing him around. And then he just gets snail, smashed hard through that wind, the glass window. But, of course, this is Darby you're talking about. He does not mind at all getting all the punishment in the world. Darby's <laughs> a tough motherfucker, man. And uh, that big elbow drop that he gives from the second story of that warehouse onto uh, Brian Cage basically eliminates him from the match. Uh, really cool spot as well. And of course, uh, Sting has to take it, right? Scorpion death drop to uh, Ricky, Starks. Ricky Starks. And dude, that that match, oh, uh, probably the match of the night, in in my opinion. Uh, I think the the matches that can probably contest with that are uh, the you know the beginning tag team match, like you said, uh, probably uh, pound for pound the best match, may, maybe right? Traditional yeah. uh, match. Yes. And uh, you, man, I'm telling you. AEW knows what to do with a lot of guys, a lot of people in like yeah. one match, right? Because yes. because that tag team uh, battle royal was uh, something something to behold as well. And I, I I always know that when hella people are in a in a ring, like AEW knows what to do to deliver on, on that. So from there we go on to the main event, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, the iconic one of yeah iconic. Barbed wire exploding match. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we go over this. Which uh, apparently Kenny helped construct. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Kenny uh, goes over, right? He he gets the win. He so reta- happy he did. He retains. All of our champions retain. Yep. Right? All of our champions retain. So, it's 
Uh, I'm so happy that he did too. Uh, it's not the time for it to just throw the belt back onto uh, <laughs> to Mox. You know, uh, Kenny is uh, do, trying to change the world, right? That was like the moniker of the elite before there was an, an AEW, right? And uh, it's really cool what Kenny is doing with the belt. It's really cool what uh, the company is just kind of doing in general, right? Opening Forbidden Doors. But when it comes to this match, I think it was really cool, really awesome. The idea was great. And uh, unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, I think it's been well covered by now that uh, the ending was terrible, right? Uh, there was supposed was to be that a- accidental? Yeah. Oh, the, that yeah. It was a botch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I okay. think it was just a botch, right? Yeah. Uh, there was supposed to be a giant explosion at the end and it just didn't work, right? Yeah. And then yeah, I think, well, we wanted like this big ass nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Wrestling Society X yeah, when so, I when I was thinking of this match, right? And in a good way, right? Wrestling Society X was considered like basically a complete failure. Yeah, but we're fans of that. But we we, we, we liked the hell it. Out of we it. really yes. liked it at the time, right? I'm sure it had its faults, but as kids, we really liked it. And those explosions are definitely something that caught our eye. Anyways, uh, yeah, I just think uh, probably a lot of people have said this, but. I think it was a great match, an awesome match, and unfortunately, that ending is probably gonna is probably gonna stick with people, and they're that's probably gonna be like, okay, the match wasn't good, right? They're just gonna think of the ending and be like, all right, this was not a good ending, this was not a good match, and that's sad. And uh, I, I hope think that we Fed c- fans might feel might think like that. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, that's actually is a good point. So, uh, we'll we'll see, we'll we'll see what what uh what this turns into, but it was. Uh, forgetting about the botch of the ending for now um it was really cool to see all that action all the exploding barbed wire there was a lot of tension right especially in the beginning when before any explosions went off them trying to throw each other into the barbed wire just you know but that hesitation yeah, right they're yeah. almost touching it but they're not touching it really <laughs> cool you know that's a really strong part of the match uh seeing that dirty deeds right paradigm shift uh off the apron to Kenny onto those pads of exploding barbed wire. Yeah. Really sick. Really cool. Um, <laughs> the Good Brothers, of course, just have to make a run-in, right? Yeah. I love seeing <laughs> the Good Brothers, man. Me so too. I, I saw uh, someone point out on uh, like probably like a pro wrestling uh, FB page or something like that. They're like, uh, Gallows and Anderson are like the two like mini bosses that you have to face before you face the final boss. You know, and yeah, that's like, actually a nice way to put it. That's and, a cool way to put and it. And I think that's such a compliment, right? That's such a compliment of what they can be, of what they can do, right? These guys can have like a, a menacing side as well as uh, an annoying side and just a hilarious side. Uh, take a take a listen to uh, Talk and Shop podcast. I think they're hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, that, but that's definitely for mature audiences uh, for sure. So. Yeah, um, they make a run-in, and I just thought it was really cool, really funny. They throw that big bat, that that bat that had a whole bunch of barbed wire wrapped yeah. around it, and Kenny just smacks Mox in the face, more so chest area, with it, for, uh, and that caused an explosion. Oh, that was so cool. That was awesome. And uh, Kenny just landing, a <laughs> Kenny landing an electric chair drop. No. Uh, one wing angel, yeah, right, onto a chair uh, was a fitting ending 
right, for the match in itself. And then they're just beating the... I love that. I love the storyline that they were trying to portray there, right? Uh, Mox is always, in his promos and whatnot, is always just bragging about how, you know, he doesn't have any friends, F the world, he doesn't <laughs> need anybody, I can, you know, do... I want to destroy everyone by myself, right? And whatnot. And, you know, hey, like, that's, that's always some, you know, traditional... Uh, lone wolf tough man uh talk that you you can get from that but what i think uh storyline wise just showing that at at, if you're just such a lone wolf that at any time in important matches like this just two thugs (laughs) (laughs) two henchmen can come in and just destroy your chances at you know winning your that your championship back it just shows like kind of like an error of waste potentially one and two just uh, how much uh uh, Kenny has uh, power, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was just such cool imagery of them um, completely turning the match towards Kenny's side, <laughs> ma- ensuring <laughs> that he would win, and then post-match it, beating the crap out of him. I love that, though. Beating the crap out of him, uh, handcuffing his hands behind his <laughs> yeah, back, the, and literally just... Put that they, yeah, they're continuously beating him with a bat and whatnot, and they left him for dead in the explosion. Right? It was. It was, It just gave me these. It gave me death in the death in the family. Um, Jason Todd Joker vibes. Right? Yeah. Just leaving him for dead in an explosion. I loved it, man. And the fact that you add to that in uh, Eddie Kingston, who is John Moxley's like former friend, you know, KFAB. Which I did not know. So for me, that was complete surprise. So he went in there to save them. Unfortunately, the explosion ruined it. But it'd be really cool if you could just sell the... Eddie Eddie Kingston sell the crap out of that. Yeah, it's like he died. Apparently he died. Yeah, so he (laughs) died from like the somewhat non-explosion. But uh, if they ended up going as planned, right, big explosion, whatnot, Mm -hmm. it was so cool. Oh, like... This guy who's been his storyline was he's gonna sell his soul to the devil, you know, betray any friend uh, just to get that title. He finally is showing some heart in like, okay, uh, it was so one-sided. Uh, John Moxley said that no matter what, he was gonna have uh, Eddie's back. Yeah. And Eddie's always like, you know, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want your help, right? I have my own guys. And uh, to, for him to finally come out and save his buddy, his former buddy, uh, really cool, really cool story in general and i think that was just such a unfortunately the execution is just what everyone's going to talk about yeah of the explosions so uh, i think we should any final thoughts um we like to go into top spots man do you have a top spot yeah i do is actually it was in the derby allen tag team match when he did the wall jump oh uh, yeah. like the spider-man Mario yes jump? yeah i loved it even though it resulted in punishment i loved it <laughs> no that was great that was uh that's a really good spot such right a, there such a great use of his surroundings um i think i'm gonna have to go with uh kenny and mox man uh just taking that barbed wire bat to the chest right with that explosion you know big ups to to mox you know for that uh <laughs> Thank you, uh, good brothers, for uh, providing us yeah. <laughs> with the bat and the, and the barbed wire, the exploding barbed wire. Uh, so I think uh, my top spot has to go uh, to that. Um, I think any anything else that I would probably do, it would probably be within the same match, right? The yeah. paradigm shift again onto exploding wires, and uh, like I uh, basically all everything I'm pointing out in this yeah. uh, main event, right? The electric chair drop. That's how you know it's a good match because those are really my top spots. All of like the stuff that we saw in that main event um yeah uh 
do you have like a top line or a top? top yeah, it's that? maybe I have both. So for top line, maybe it's not that I I thought it was funny. Like most people might not think it's funny, but like oh, like that's not that funny because like so where people that just have a dull sense of humor, just some whatever you know, some people might just mind that thing is funny. But so when Taz after um, uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks lost the ma- the tag team match. Uh, Excalibur, you know, he's being nice to Taz, be like, oh, yeah, sorry, because, you know, he just know he knows that his boys just lost, you know, his boys just lost the match. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Taz. And Taz like, Taz says, sorry? What's there to be sorry about? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he's just mad, and then he leaves, because, you know, he's mad that they lost the match. And my taunt tonight was when, um, when Vio Mizunami, uh, does her, like, her, like, dance against, like, Shida in the turnbuckle, and then does her punches. I don't even know what the what she's like does like what'd you call it? a shaking dance? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A shake dance. Yeah, a shake dance. <laughs> she, she, yeah, her taunts are the best. Dude, and uh, yeah, this isn't great. this isn't necessarily a spot of the night or something, but I love <laughs> I just find it so hilarious how Moxley, of course, like you said, he's lone wolfing this whole situation. Um, he's confident and you know, and he feels in his bones he's gonna win back his title, even if it means like, you know, he's gonna like He's an inch from death. How, however, the, the whole night ends in exactly what he did not want. Does not win the title back. Gets beat the crap out of after the match by Kenny and his boys. And then, the boys. Get, and then gets handcuffed and left for dead in the explosion. And then his long-awaited um, renewal of friendship with Eddie comes in and he gets nailed and is apparently on like his deathbed right now <laughs> um, yeah dude I think I think for line of the night you just have to kind of give it to uh, to ta- basically everything that Taz said in the, <laughs> yeah, in the Darby so in the Darby <laughs> Allen uh, you know Ricky, Team Taz like let's say like a complete fight. newcomer to, to the to AEW came in here like came in the into the room during the match and he just hears Taz comments he's like oh I was like why is he on their side yeah it's so biased <laughs> yeah. it, the bias was real I, I love that man so yeah just my line tonight just Taz overall throughout that whole match it was hilarious he's like damn it Oh no! No! Oh God! <laughs> Don, Don Callis to the le- to a lesser extent, yeah, but at the did. same time, uh, yeah, like he, he was uh, had some. Like I think uh, one thing he said was it was smoother. It was uh, smoother. He's like you know he would just make you know like smooth comments about Kenny. Yeah, you know, I think like, I think he was saying like oh yeah my you know our main uh, objective you know our our strategy is to end this quick. Yeah, right? yeah. So you know just some inside stuff like that is really funny and. Uh, I think my taunt of the night will have to go to Britt Baker and Maki Ito when, in the buy-in when they uh, uh, win the match, uh, just uh, flipping everyone off. Yeah, that was awesome. Double birds, man. Gotta Double love it. Uh, yeah, so that does it for us. Uh, this is our longest uh, breakdown, I believe, in yep. general. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot to cover. Uh, when it comes to a pay-per-view, it's definitely one. That's definitely the fitting one to uh, to go to go all in on, right? Yes. See what I did there? I, I did that by accident. So, yeah, give me a two-sweet ski, and we'll see you next time. Next time, guys. Lucha! Lucha.